All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Castillo, retired Army Sergeant First Class and life coach at Zimi Wellness Center and Indigenous Sovereignty. I'm over here with uh, my guest today, Sergeant G. He's a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, also has his own podcast called uh, The Stone Veteran, which is kind of cool because he, we're here to uh, just break that stigma about marijuana and weed and anxiety and things like that because for you 90s kids, you remember the D.A.R.E. program, Don't Smoke Weed, it kills your brain cells, it makes you lazy, all you want to do is sit on a couch and eat chips and stare at nothing, you know, so like, that's not the case. Um, he's, he's a, you know, he reached out to me and I, I feel like, you know, he adds some value to the veteran community and stuff. He's a, he's a nice guy and I'll go ahead and let him uh, introduce himself and some of the stuff he's done and things like that. So go ahead there, Sergeant G, take it away. <laughs> What's up, guys? So G here from the Stone Vet USFC, man. Happy Thursday to you guys, man. I'm glad you guys are able to come out here and hang out with me and Eric here with his warrior mindset, doing his thing, doing what he does best, man. That's the biggest goal for us veterans, man. We've we've lived life, man. A lot of us nowadays, man, this time, this era, man, we a bunch of war freaking war vets, man, right? We all did time in Afghanistan. And guess what? We got out. And we're like, what do I do now? I ain't got bombs going off next to me. I ain't got my brother to my left or my right anymore. I, I moved back home or I moved somewhere else completely away from everything. And nobody knows who I am anymore. And like Eric was saying, man, our biggest, our biggest goal, dude, is to provide you with purpose again. You know me. If you catch me every Friday, man, I am bringing somebody new. Somebody new that's a, a brother, a brother or a sister. And bringing them back into my show and bringing them into the community, bringing them into my community to say, hey, new, you have something that can benefit me. You have something that can benefit my brothers and sisters finding a purpose again after getting out of service. You ain't got Sergeant G telling you, hey, you got to be at work at this time. We got to be at PT at this time. You're going to lunch at this time. You need to be back from lunch at this time. We're not getting off till 18, 20, 100 because we got equipment that needs to go out and needs to be out before tomorrow. You, you don't have somebody telling you that anymore. And we get lost. We get we we get lost in life. And guess what? We get stressed. Our anxiety kicks in. Depression kicks in. I ain't got a job. I ain't got no food. I don't have a house. I don't have a car. Whatever it is, we all are living life. And we're trying to figure out how do we live life again? Like, what are we, what are we supposed to be doing? Who, where's my purpose? Where's my purpose again? And bringing out just different various guests. That's why, I, that's why I love my show. This Friday, I got Brandon. He's down in Houston, Texas. He is a transition coach. He helps transition regardless if you're just to getting out or you've been out for a few years and you're like still trying to figure out what do I do with my life? Where am I supposed to go? You know, and with Eric, I mean, you see his guest on here. He's bringing things on to help. How do we do this? You know, and me being the stone vet, man, my biggest goal is to break the damn stigma. You like he said, the dare program. You guys remember the dare program. <laughs> you guys remember that. You don't want to smoke weed. That's not going to do anything for you. Well, that's what the government gave you. They put they pawned that off on the society saying it's a bad plant. It's a it grows outside. You can grow it yeah. anywhere. You can grow it, it grows in the ground. It's not, it's not a man-made pharmaceutical. Like you guys are getting if your guys' medicine cabinet look anything like mine, that thing is spilling over with pills from gosh knows how long and what I need pills for sleep. I need pills for anxiety. I need pills for depression. I need pills for this. I need pills for that. I actually read a study. So I've teamed up Veteran Action Council. It's a bunch of veterans helping break the stigma, providing veterans the medicine they need to deal with the anxiety, to deal with the depression, dude. 
it sucks, dude. But if you've never used cannabis, it's just like anything else, dude. You can abuse cannabis just like anything yeah. else, like alcohol or pharmaceuticals. It, it can be abused. Trust me, it can be. I've done it a couple of times and it wasn't fun, but you know, I learned my lesson. But I'd rather go and abuse that than abuse pharmaceuticals that can actually, you have to go in and get your liver pumped and all this other crap, your stomach because you took too many pills or whatever the case may be. You know, yeah. but they actually did a study. Uh, Veteran Action Council posted a thing about the VA talking about these uh, pharmaceuticals. How many how many types of pharmaceutical drugs are you having? Are, are you prescribed to help with your anxiety, your depression, sleep, pain? There's the average veteran is about 36 years old. Majority of us, you know, we're in our we're in our late thirties. We're on damn half of us almost forty years old, you know, early forties. <laughs> but we all served around the same time from two thousand to two thousand and ten, two thousand and twelve, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. And they said a lot of those drugs have screwed our central nervous system up. And guess what? Now we're like, fuck. Now I gotta keep taking this stuff because it's the only way I can function. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do, like I said, I teamed up with Brian Buckley out of Hellman Valley Grow Company out of California, San Diego, California. He's got a huge, massive research project going on right now. If anybody knows anything about research projects, them things cost millions of dollars. You know, you can go anywhere from 500000 to a few million, maybe even a couple hundred million, depending on how deep in depth you want to get into it. But Brian's sole purpose is to provide the medicine us brothers and sisters need to to adapt to civilization right like we get out we we civilians now but it's like i don't know how to talk to these guys i don't know how to relate and eric probably you too you're like you're retired you did some time you deployed a lot yeah it took me it took me a while man like i didn't i felt like my identity was like taken away kind of like because i didn't know you know i joined at 17 so it's like i learned everything in there so then if I come out, like, you know, I talk to people with knife hands and stuff like that. Like, hey, get your freaking ass over there. I do that at work and they'll look at me like, dude, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, well, you know, like, and it's hard because I work I work at Intel and uh, and I'm, I'm doing a transition from Intel to being a, a coach with my fiance. She has her own business. So I'm going to be a transformational coach and I got different coaching packages I offer, but it's hard because they don't, they don't, they're not used to that, that, that mentality that we have. Like, Hey, like something that should have been done in a week takes these fools like a month. And then they're like, no, it doesn't take, it should, it, it doesn't happen that fast. I was like, Oh, I'm like, bullshit. I was like, I, I was in charge of 30 people and I got shit done in three days. I assigned people tasks. Why are you, or why are you even in this position right now? If you can't even assign your people accordingly. And it was hard and it took a little while, but you know, I had to understand that I can only control what I can control. I can't control someone else's thoughts. I can't control someone else's actions. I can't control someone else's motives and things like that. I can only control my bubble. That's it. And that's things hard. You being, yeah, you being a retired sergeant, sergeant first class, that's hard, right? Because you know, I'm a fucking yeah. leader and I control how these people feel. I control if they're happy. I control if they're sad. I control if they're mad. I control the environment that's around yep. us, you know? And like mm-hmm. you said, you can't control these civilians. Like they're gonna do whatever the hell they want to do, and you're just like, "What's taking you so long to do a task? Like, why is it taking yeah. you ninety days to do a task that you can get done in freaking 10, 15 days?" Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Like it's uh, it, it was it was definitely a, a a culture shock, needless to say. And and what's important is is that you have a good support 
network. You know, you have a in you have a good close network of people. And I'm not talking like 30, 40 people, because yeah, that's a network, but you want like people you can count on one hand to kind of keep you dialed in. And uh right. and when you're going through those type of things like anxiety, depression, you close yourself off and you don't even know you're doing it. You uh don't answer text messages, you don't answer calls, you know, and you're just like, Oh, I don't want to burden people with my problems, but that's what they're calling you for is to help you. You know, and it's and it's right. and it's a hard thing to break because you're so used to going to someone in the military. Like for me, I will go to my first sergeant if I had a problem. I don't have a first sergeant anymore. You know, <laughs> right, like, right, absolutely. I don't, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have my my other my peer, my my other platoon sergeant buddy or my other gunnery sergeant buddy. I don't, I don't have them. You know, yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're still in. You know, some of them are still in. They're doing good things. They're first sergeants now. They're start they're sergeant majors now. You know, they're they're doing awesome stuff and they're still in. But I can't call them because. They're still dealing with the madness of the military, you know, like, right. It's absolutely. like, no, bitter, it's a bittersweet because like, yeah, you miss it. But then at the same time, you're like, well, fuck that, because it's cold here in Washington. And I was up in Fort Lewis for a couple of years and I go outside, you know, around 10, 11 o'clock at night to have my prayer smoke. And I'm like, thank goodness I am not in the field, you know, like, right? so. <laughs> no shit. No, absolutely. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's a, I get, you know, people ask me the same question. You know, I love the core. Don't get me wrong. I loved everything about it. Like you, I joined when I was 17 years old. After two tours to the desert, losing my first son, and nine, nine years, I was like, I'm done. I can't do this no more. I got a son. I had a son at the time. I had my second son, and I was like, I can't, I can't leave him. I can't, I, can't, I can't go on another deployment, or I can't do And they, they tagged me. They said, hey, buddy, it's your turn to go on recruit. And I said, that's a three-year deployment, dude, in some podunk town in the middle of freaking nowhere. Like, I'm not going to get where I want to be. They're going to... You're going to stick me somewhere in Wyoming, and I got to travel 300 miles a day just to go find a guy and convince him that he's good enough to be a Marine. I was like, I just can't yeah. do it, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, it's time to go. My time had come because things change. Military's changing, right? The military oh. is changing like a motherfucker right now. Like, oh, I mean, I'm geez. sorry, excuse my language, but it is the military is changing dramatically every day. Everything is going and it's it's changing. The grooming standards are changing. The attitudes of the mili- of people in the military are changing now, right? I had Hannah on a couple of weeks ago, and her husband was a her husband was a drill instructor, and he's like these these guys are different. Like when you and me went in, you you got yelled at, dude. You they put the fear of God in you. Like oh my gosh, I screwed up. I can't be doing this no more. And she but was I saying, was, her husband, I, was like, you can't even. You can't oh no, even I was gonna say I was anymore. I was thrown up a flight of steps. I didn't think that was yeah. possible. I was thrown <laughs> up steps. And then because I didn't get up fast enough, I was dragged to my bed, you know, and, I, and I'm 17. Like, how was I just thrown up these stairs? And now I'm being slid <laughs> right. by my double bag, like wondering what the hell did I just get into? You know? Right. And, the, and it's crazy. And the way he, she was saying, he was like, you can't yell at these guys. Like, they don't care. You could yell at them all day and they just don't care. They don't get they don't give two craps anymore. Like, you don't scare them. They're like these kids are all about TikTok and Instagram and all this stuff. And he's like, they still do things like they, they can still get things accomplished, but you have to talk to them at their level. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is my Marine Corps. This is how we were raised. This is how we do it. You know, the old freaking military guys, the old school first sergeants, the old school sergeant first class, the old school sergeants. You know, I got people now. Like, like I work for the federal government. They just gave me my twenty year pen. I was like, dang, if I would have stayed in, I'd be retired already. Active duty service. Like, I would have stayed in and retired. Mm-hmm. But I, some people, they're still doing it. You know, they're still pushing strong. Some guys are getting their retirement and stuff. And I said, for you guys, it was in your, it was in your cards. It wasn't in my cards to retire. 
you know. And like I said, I don't miss the core. I miss the brotherhood that I had when I was in the core. That's what I miss. And that's what I think a majority of us veterans miss is that brother to our left and our right. On a Friday night, if you want, because you get worried if you're working on the weekend or not. If you weren't working on the weekend, you'd be like, "Who who's having the barbecue tonight? Who's who's having mm-hmm. to get together? We're gonna get together. Yeah, we worked a week long, and you're not gonna get everybody from the platoon. You're not gonna get everybody from the squad, but you're gonna get those guys that are like, I ain't got nothing else to do, and yeah, I want to hang out with somebody. I don't want to be alone. And that's the biggest thing is that being alone. Nobody, us veterans, we've seen things, we've done things, we've done things that most people couldn't couldn't understand why we did the things we did, we were supposed to do. But you got to figure, like you said, you did it at 17. I joined at 17. The Marine Corps created who I am. My dad yeah. didn't create who I am. My mother didn't create who I am. The Marine Corps created who I am. And I hate it. I hate it. There's days I'm just like, why do I act like that? Why am I looking at somebody like that? Why am I snipping at somebody? Why am I knife panning this person? Like, why am I so angry? That's what happens when you act, when you act with service, man. Like you, you said, you, you've had six tours. Six tours, the freaking great old Middle East, dude. And you see things, you've done things, you've had to do things to make sure that you came home, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> and trying to relate that and try to convert that over to a civilian who ain't never left home, who's been in the same city since they were born and grown up and met the community and grown in the community and everybody knows everybody. It's like hard to relate to something like that to be able to be like, yeah, dude, like, look, this is what I did. And, you know, you get that stigma, especially me. They're like, oh, he's that Marine. Yeah, you don't want to talk to him. And I'm like, why? Because mm-hmm. I carry a big old Marine Corps emblem? Well, I mean, <laughs> I say, it's okay, dude. I mean, not everybody can do it. You know what I'm saying? You hear people, yeah. like, I was going to join. Don't tell me that. I don't want to hear it. Don't even start a sentence like that. When you when you approach me, don't start a sentence like, I was going to join. No, you weren't. Don't lie to me. You ain't got to lie to me. I give, I give people real. some grace. I give them grace because sometimes there are those few that we're going to, but can't. Like, legitimately can't. Medical, you know, like being diabetic. Like, I, I'm, I'm diagnosed type 1 diabetic while I was in the service. That's why I never finished 20 and I got medically retired at 17 and a half. Uh, wow. But those those people can't join. You know, people with asthma. And th- you know, there's so the, I, I say, okay, I, I entertain I entertain the sentence. But then once I start hearing the crazy stories about a mom or this and, you know, I didn't, uh, my girlfriend, boy, and I'm like, okay, no, no like, no. <laughs> okay, you, you, you know, maybe you should have, you know, but uh, I mean, it's, yeah, so I, I try to give those people just a little bit of grace, you know, just to kind of right. see, because sometimes there are those legit, and I was like, you know what, and I, and I would tell, I've actually had a few where they said they couldn't because of some disease or some medical illness that they've had, and I'm like, you know what, you know, I was like, you know, just by talking to you, and I kind of, I kind of give them that inspiration so they don't beat themselves down. I'm like, you know what? You would have been an outstanding soldier. You would have been an outstanding <laughs> marine. Right. Or, yeah, because they need that, you know, because they they kicked themselves in the butt because that's what they wanted to do and they couldn't do it. And I promise right. that no one's told them that they would have made a good service member. So, right. like, when you tell them that, for all I know, that just inspired their day. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's like no, you, you gotta, I got. I give them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, you better than me, man. You get more benefit of the doubt. I'm just like, man, I don't even. I was like, just talk to me. I said, dude, just talk to me. I can't, I can't. I mean, I got the big old EG, you know, I got the skull and EGA in the back window of the truck. And, you know, I carry, I carry it with pride. I mean, even in my logo itself, I have it to where it's in the cover. It's in the utility cover that we wear every day, you know, in the Marine Corps. 
Yeah. You know, even it's like they say, dude, we we have pride. Marines have our huge my, my wife said, You all are some cocky SOBs. That's all I would have said. I said, but we confident in SOBs. There's a difference. She's like, No, y'all cocky. Y'all, y'all make it out like nobody can touch you. Nobody. I said, We didn't give ourselves that stigma. Like, we didn't give ourselves that image. They gave us the image that we are untouchable type people, you know. But I was like, you know, and I like I love it because you know, with you you being army, I love hanging out with the army. I love hanging out with that is that served, you know what I'm saying? Because I was like. I tell people, I said, it's only us. The only ones that can give each other crap. If anybody else tries to come in and try to give you crap, then I'm like, you can't, you you have no foot to stand on. You know, it's like the yeah. big brother, and, the big brother syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, so, and, and I give it to the Marines. Like thing. I give it to what? the Marines. And I was, when I was in Hawaii in the training area, I was watching the Marine artillery guys, same job as me, just the Marines. And they were doing their occupation and things. And this guy was on the, on top of the, the FMTV, which is the field, the big five ton truck. He was on the top trying to get the something unstuck from there. This guy fell straight on his back. Boom. Laid there for a sec, got up and kept going. And I was like, this? And we had like six <laughs> of us. We're like, did you just? I was like, dude, I would have stayed there for a second to collect what the hell just happened. But he just got up like it was on a trampoline and kept working. And I was like, bravo there, young guy. Like, come talk to me and come talk to me in 10 years when you're getting out. Let me know how your back feels, you know? Like, right, no lie. And that's the biggest thing. You know, it's like I was talking to my VSL the other day, and I told him, he's like, he said, that's the thing about Marines, you know? He's like, you guys don't ever go. I was like, I didn't go to sick call. I said, I didn't go to sick call unless I was like, die of sick or I really hurt myself really bad, you know? He says yeah. because you a freaking jarhead, dude. He said you guys. Are... He goes, oh, I'm a, I'm a weenie. I don't need to go and I don't need to go see a doctor. I'll be all right. Give me a couple. I mean, I felt with this big freeze over here in the over here in the central part of the country, man. We had this ginormous freeze that came from Canada and froze <laughs> out the whole middle of the country. You know, they said at one point seventy two percent of this country was covered in snow. This freaking cold front came through and it came in kicking everybody's butt. I mean, I'm sure you probably heard what happened in Texas. I mean, they yeah. were getting snowed down in Houston. Like it was that cold. Like they were getting snowed <laughs> down in Houston. And uh yeah. so and me, 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 I freaking I freaking pipe. So I go in, I go in the attic, I start thawing out pipes, and I slip and I fall through the freaking ceiling, and this freaking two by four caught me right on the hip. I got this oh. hellacious bruise. It's all purple and black just across my hip. And then I sprained mm. my wrist. I told my wife, I said, like, man, I said, my wrist really hurts. Like there for a couple of days, it was to a point I couldn't move it. She's like, you fractured. I said, I didn't fracture it. I said, give it a couple of days. It'll be all right. Give me some ibuprofen. And it'll go away. And here it is almost a week later. And I'm like, damn, my wrist still kind of, I can't put any kind of weight on it right now. And I was like, you got to go see someone. I was like, nope, no, I ain't going to see nobody. I ain't going to see nobody. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it, you know? And so, I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, with us, I mean, being brothers, I mean, the, we all sign that dotted line. I always stress about it. We sign that freaking. I said, dude, I don't know what walk of life you came from, but I got your six, man. I got your six. Yeah. And ain't, ain't nobody going to walk up on you and take and, and scare you. Ain't nobody going to come up behind you. I got you. You know what I'm saying? That's my tag yeah. outline for every one of my shows is that we got your six. Because the biggest problem right now in our society, right? Right now, they say we sit at about 22 veterans a day. As we're shooting this show right now, me and you sitting here talking. One of our brothers and sisters taking their life right now, you know, yep. and it's sad to say that every day we're losing a brother and a sister. And like you, I mean, with the purpose of your show, the purpose of my show is that, hey, I'm giving you a purpose again. I'm giving you a reason. I'm, I, I want to jog your mind and say, what is it that I can do? How can I help somebody? You know, a lot of times people are like, 
try to call somebody, you know, absolutely don't text because I mean, te- text is informal. And yeah, I mean, it's more convenient, especially on our lives. A lot of us are go, go, go. I mean, I got a wife, I got seven kids and I help my wife run a distribution center. I'm editing videos all week long for my show. I got a show that mm-hmm. runs on Wednesday with veteran trash talk. They got they call it the Marine Corps Wednesday episode. And then I got my show that comes out every Friday. And I mean, we stay busy. We stay hooked up. I mean, depending on what, what you're doing right now, what kind of life you're doing, what, what, whatever your life is doing and what, what you're dealing with, you get busy. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to find time to reach out to your brother, reach out to, to a brother or a sister you served with. And hell, you, you don't even have to serve with them. I mean, there's plenty of Facebook groups. Yeah. You can get on Facebook. There's plenty of veteran groups out there, dude. You can reach out to any of them. I guarantee you, any of them will talk to you. Like, hey, mm-hmm. All you got to put is, I need me. help. I need help, right? I, I'm dealing with some stuff right now. The demons are attacking me, and I don't know what to do. And yeah. I, I've talked about it on my show. I said, dude, I have demons I deal with. I, like everybody else, I put them in a box. I just stuff this box full. I fold up the box, and I put it on the shelf. I, it's just like going to your garage. You put a box on the shelf. said, I don't want to deal with you right now. I'm just going to put you up on the shelf. I don't want to deal with you. And you know what I'm saying? And me, I don't like dealing with emotions. I don't like dealing with feelings. I don't know how many people really do like dealing with them. If you can deal with them and you can get away from them, hey, more power to you. Uh, you're doing something right. And I may need to bring you on the show so you can tell me how to care with everybody, how to how to how to deal with the demons that we deal with every day, you know? Well, but I'll like give me, you I, I'll give you a little uh I'll give you a little tidbit about emotions. And I, I talked about it um on one of my previous things. So like when you break down the word emotion, right? You break it in into two parts. There's the E, which is like energy. And then there's the M, which is the motion, which is the verb. So when you when you think of this cycle of an emotion, before an emotion happens, there's a thought. So when people says, oh, I feel this way, it's like, no, you thought this first. So the ener- the thought that you're taking is now converting into energy. So now that energy is going to be either good or it's going to be bad, depending on what you're doing with your thought. Now, the, the, the motion, which is the verb, is the direction you're carrying that energy. So if you're if you're having depressive thoughts, you're having a negative thought turn into negative energy, which is going to carry out a negative emotion. So if you can put stuff in place to convert that negative to a positive and make it a positive emotion, a positive energy motion, you'll be all right. And it's just doing it's it's doing that, which is the hard part. But there's things that are offered and there's things that I can do and other people can do to help you put those roadblocks in place to convert that. So they're called limited thoughts and limited beliefs. You know, it's, it's, it's you believing in something and thinking in something without acknowledging nothing. It's your thought only. And that's what it is. But when you're presented with a challenging question on it, you know, like, Oh wait, is this my thought process on what I'm thinking? Or is this what it really is? Is it factual? Like hundred percent, like black and white proof, or is it me just creating this? And most right. of the time, it's just you creating it. Yeah, see, it's diff- different things like that. See, so you're <laughs> able to see how you spit it out like that until people can wake up and they get an understanding of it. Like a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people yeah. don't know that. And I mean, like you said, with the purpose of the purpose of the show is to help help people like that are yep. dealing with that stuff. You know what I'm saying? A lot right. of, like I said, a lot of thoughts we deal with. It, we're, a lot of us are alone. A lot of us are alone. A lot of us live alone. You know. And those are the times it gets hard. And that's when, when when the days get dark. You know what I'm saying? We always talk about the days yeah. getting dark. It's like the biggest thing we always so like, oh, I always this. The biggest thing I always so like, is that you're not alone. Yeah, no, you're not. And uh, I want to actually kind of hit up on some of your deployments too, because I know you did two to Iraq. One was during a surge. Um, 
And I know that was an interesting place. And I don't know if you knew, um, uh, I had a previous guy come on here. Uh, his name is Jake. He was in the army and he was there in Iraq during the surge also, but he was in the army. So you guys may or may not have crossed paths during oh, that surge. So I'm sure, I'm sure we probably were. So for me in 03, during the insurgency, so I was, I was, I got tasked. So I, I was, I, like I said, I, I joined the Marine Corps at 17 years old. I went in to be a water purifier is what they, they told me I was going to be. I didn't <laughs> want to be a water purifier. I so that, that was a whole different ordeal. So I joined the Marine Corps and, and my recruiter was a bulk fueler. He's like, I'm a bulk fueler. I said, I want to do that job. You don't have to be that smart to fill up a freaking, I said, I can get out, come back and work at the airport, filling up airplanes, right? How cool would that be? Bulk fueler, right? Bulk fueling. He never signed me up for that damn job. He signed me up to be HVAC. He's like, you can be HVAC. I was like, oh, cool. You know, after I got done with my training and stuff, after boot camp, I go do some training, some combat training. And they said, oh, you can go to be uh, Aberdeen, be an HVAC guy. I said, oh, even better, dude. Like, I can do HVAC? Really? I said, that's going to be even better. I like that, you know. I got stuck in Aberdeen for about two and then right before class is about to start, the commander called me in the office. He said, you're too stupid for this school. You can't go to the school. He said, I'm sending you down to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I was like, fuck. I said, what am I going to do? Now? I said, you're going to be a water boy. I said, you motherfuckers. I was like, damn it, dude. Like, seriously? I'm going to be like, Polly Shore, man. I'm going to be like, Polly Shore. You know? All right, all right. I went out there, you know. And then I did my I did my 90-day stint of training over there. And they said, hey, uh, where do you want to go? East Coast, West Coast, overseas. And I, I was with, I was with my wife at the time. She was my girlfriend at the time. She was still in high school, still too, still doing. I was only seventeen, dude. You know what I'm saying? So she still had school to finish up. She still had high school. She still had a year of high school to finish up. And I was like, if I stay in the states, then you know what I'm saying? She can't come with me because she's still in high school, still trying to finish up yeah. high school. You know? And I told him, I said, what do you recommend dude, for a young? I just I had just turned eighteen in MOS school, and I said, what do you recommend? He said, Okinawa. Go to Okinawa, your first duty station. I said, all right. I told my wife, I was like, you still got to finish up school. I'm going to go to Okinawa now because he told me if I don't go now, they'll send me my last year because I was only going to do four. You know, he said, they'll send you your last year and then you try, try transitioning out out of a different country on your last year. I was like, yeah, that wouldn't be nice. That wouldn't be pretty, you know. Mm -hmm. I said, send me to Okinawa. So I got Okinawa. Boy, that was the best year of my life. I, tell you, I was like, this is awesome, dude. We didn't have Cinderella Claws. That, after when we when when our year was up, they started implementing Cinderella claws and all. You have to have a battle buddy when you go anywhere. You, we, man, the the my, the, the group I went with, they tore up that town. I was like, you guys are idiots, dude. Like you guys, yeah. I got to start and climbing the balcony to go to the restroom, like breaking into houses, and I was like, what are you? What is going on, dude? Like no, I said, <laughs> you guys are. And so after all that, they said, nope, Cinderella Claus, and you got to have a battle buddy everywhere you go, you know, two to three people at a time. Every time you go anywhere, you got to have two to three people with you. I'm like, man, mm. you know. And so I did that. And after I got done, I did my years over there. They said, hey, you want to go swing with the wing? I was like, sure, why not? I've been over here with the maintenance readiness battalion. Let me go. Let me go swing with the wing. Let me take a break. I've been working, you know, 18 hour days. For a year like i mean we're taking out diesel engines replacing diesel engines and everything you can imagine heavy equipment uh humvees generators huge diesel engines just huge fourth echelon maintenance taking everything out and putting everything back in that's how i go swing with the wing you know so they sent me over to new river north carolina just a, a like a sister unit of camp of camp lejeune it's just a couple of miles away from camp lejeune it's just the air station water wing aircraft at I went there and then sure enough, man, 2003 comes up. My son is born. Two weeks later, they say, you're going to Iraq. I'm like, yeah, dude, you got to be kidding. My son was just born, you know? 
they signed me up, sent me to Iraq. So me being coming from Okinawa, my chief said, you are my maintenance guy. I said, I'm an E3, dude. I said, you got E5s, E4s, and E5s in here that should be you should be derelicting this duty to. He's like, they don't know maintenance like you know maintenance. I was like, oh, and that's my fault. That's not my <laughs> fault. This guy's been in for freaking five plus years. He, he don't know maintenance? How does he not know maintenance? This other guy's been in three years. How do they not know maintenance? Where do they come from that they don't know maintenance? Because being an engineer, that's the biggest part of our job is maintenance. How do you maintain mm-hmm. your equipment, you know? Yeah, being an engineer, our, our our walks of life are from HVAC, refrigeration, heavy equipment, freaking generators, water purifiers, anything that falls under the engineer field, you know. And that's what I had the joy of was just working on diesel engines, you know. And I loved it. I was like, this is a blast. I love doing this. Certifications—they weren't giving you no certifications. So when you got out, you could say, "Well, I'm a certified diesel engine mechanic," you know. No, they're not gonna give you. You just know how to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so back in 03 is when, yeah, they sent me, I got sent to the border, the Iraqi-Kuwaiti border for the insurgent. So I was a support squadron. So we were one of those bodies out supplies in type mission. We actually had to build the flight line out of sand. I wore, oh, wow. Heavy when, when the C-130s were coming in, dude, we didn't have stuff. We didn't have mat to lay down for planes to come. They were out there running 24-hour operations, building this flight line out of sand. Every time Gee. a freaking plane came in, they had to go back out and fix the runway. Like, I mean, it's sand. It's sand with lime in it. I mean, it's only so yeah. hard. So, and that that that's that's one of the things I was blessed was work to work out there as a freaking lonely E3. I was working out there with a bunch of sergeants. They're like, you are in charge of of all the maintenance out here. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Do then pay me the money to do it. Like, <laughs> you guys are getting paid more money than me, but I have to maintain all this, and you guys ain't having to do any of it, man. And, but you know, that was the that was that was a joy. I mean, it it sucked. Like, I, I don't know how how the war pr- progressed, but I mean, there. I mean, we had a tack phone in a bunker, and that's how we were able to call home. So if you didn't get up at like two in the morning, three in the morning, then beat somebody to the attack phone to call a random number, a random base to say, hey, transfer me out to call this phone number for me so I can talk to my wife for a minute or whatever, you know, my girlfriend or whatever. And I was like, we didn't have no, like there was no Internet when I was there in 03. There was nothing like it was brand mm-hmm. new. It was everything was brand new. And I, and I know as time progressed, because when I went back there in 05, that's when they started having Internet. That's like for the first time the Internet started coming out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, but yeah, no three man. It was, it was nuts. And I like I said, I was there. I was on the border, the Iraqi Kuwaiti border. You're watching the freaking oil rigs burning, scuds flying over every day, and you're just like, great. I got to run back in the mop level four, back into the freaking bunker again. <laughs> I think one night. I think I think we calculated 35 times in one night. That's how many scuds we had over our our fob where we're at. And I was like. That sucks, dude. I was, I'm just going to put up a cot out here. I'm going to sleep down here. I mean, these guys ain't going to stop tonight, you know? And so, I mean, yeah. there's there's things. I mean, there's just different things like that we deal with. I mean, like I said, I mean, we all come from different walks of life. When you're in the military, I mean, everybody grew up a certain way, you know? And I think that's what helped us serve. And I know, especially in the Marine Corps, my wife always says, she said, the Marines are the hardest because nobody wants to join the Marine Corps. Half those guys were getting a freaking a jail sentence they're like you can go to jail or you can go in the marine corps <laughs> they're like well i'm gonna go in the marine corps i'm not going to jail i'm gonna go do four years in the marine corps and i'm done i'm not going to jail you know <laughs> i was like yeah you're probably right a lot of the people are probably like no nah, man <laughs> you know but i think right there i think i think it's hard though when i think it's hard whenever the military raises men you know what i'm saying 
and a lot of things have changed. I mean, especially now in the Marine Corps, they had a now they're starting to do co-ed training. I guess the Army's been doing it for years. You know, yeah. they do co-ed training, males and females. And the Marine Corps just started initiating. And this is one of the big things that Trump pushed was that the Marine Corps starts doing co-ed basic training. And I'm like, uh, 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 because I was like, they, I was like, in the Marine Corps, females have different standards. They have to, different physical standards they have to meet when it comes to the the physical fitness test and the fitness test and stuff like that. And when you start training with men, it's kind of like, man, I said they got they got it easier. But I mean, it's just like you guys are Marines like me, but your score is a little bit easier than mine. Like that's not fair that you can do this and I don't have to, I don't have to I don't get the luxury of doing that. I have to do this over here, you know. And it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to see. It's hard to it's it's hard to it's hard. I, I just do the whole thing because it was always the, the women always trained in, in Paris Island. They always went to Paris Island. They had their own battalion. They had their own thing. They did their thing. They did the required training that was required of them in their own battalion. And now they're trying to, they're, now they're incorporating everybody together. And it's like, I guess for the new guys, not, they don't know anything. They don't know anything different. So for them, it's like, whatever, it's, this is normal. Right. You know? And so they, they're now having, the first female troop actually went to San Diego this month in February. They first, they started the first female battalion in San Diego, and I was like, I mean, we'll see what be what would it become. I mean, they've been trying to get rid of the Marine Corps for decades. Like they, the government has been trying to get rid of the Marine Corps, but there's like they can't get rid of us. Like they're like we need them. They do so much yeah. more. They're able to they're able to pack up and ship out at a drop of a hat. Now, it's like it's true. I mean. And they're they're downsizing the Marine Corps now. I think when I was in, we were the largest at like two hundred forty four thousand. And I think right now, I think they're sitting at like one hundred sixty thousand right now. Because people are getting out every day. People are getting mm-hmm. out every day, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, they're trying to make it more more proficient, more able to deploy, more able to deploy yeah. out and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And so I mean, with with it, it's it's different. I mean, there's a lot of crap going on right now. I mean. I, I'm sure you guys have seen the thing with the the female marine posting her TikTok video out, and yeah, I told my wife I watched it, and I was like, my wife was like, "You are screwed up for picking the victim, for 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 picking the guy over the victim." I said, "I'm not, I'm not." And so what it came out to be is that the, she was like, "This is why females kill her, kill ourselves," and she was making out like this guy had raped her and sexually harassed her and stuff, and I was like. And I read an article. An article came out uh, from the Marine Corps from two meth, and they said that I guess he got some, he got into her phone and got some pictures and some videos of her, and I guess he showed some other Marines and stuff, and and it upset you know it upset her. I said, well, I mean, clearly it does, but I was like, you know, and I, me, I'm she, I, my wife was like, this is bullshit. You shouldn't be siding with the guy that I was. Like, I'm not siding with anybody. It's like. <laughs> How did he get access to her phone? Why did he have access to her phone? And why does she have that crap on her phone? Like if she has some mm-hmm. some 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 freaking sexy photos or something of her that nobody was supposed to see, then don't, don't put that on your phone because people can hack your phone just walking by. Like you could walk by and they mm-hmm. can hack your phone. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you don't want people to see it, then you probably shouldn't have it on your phone, like let alone your computer or anything. You know, and that's that's one thing I'm gonna have to train my son and train my daughters, like. You don't take pictures like that. Like you don't, you don't take pictures like that because you never know where they're going to end up, you know. 
And my wife yeah. was like, you were siding with him. I said, no, I'm not siding with anybody. I said, they're both in the wrong. But for her to make a video like this guy raped her and like she was crying, I was like, now you're making it out like this guy, like straight up. You like one thing if he raped you, yeah, get rid of him. Get get he needs to go. He needs to get out of the military. Like he, he shouldn't yeah. be doing that crap. But I was like, he stole some information. I said, look, dude, I just got the I just got my I work I work info I work some information security for the government. I got a report top five espionage terrorist of 2020. <laughs> they all work for the government. They all <laughs> work for the government. We hired them and they were the top five espionage terrorists. I'm like it happens. Like, I mean, these guys steal information. People steal information on a regular yeah. basis. You don't even know. You can walk by somebody and they have a thing in and they steal information. If you have your card on your phone, they can get in there and steal all the information. You know, yeah, it's crazy how they do that nowadays. It is. It is. And, you know, and I was like, it sucks for her. Like, I feel sorry for her, but I was like, now, now they're kicking this guy out. And I was like, for stealing a little bit of information, I was like, man, I was like, this sucks for that. It sucks for both of them. You know, it sucks. It sucks for both of them. And they're like, well, she, she made this huge video. And I was like, oh, it's like this dude raped her. Like this dude did some things. That's what to I her. thought too. That's what I thought, you know. And he stole some pictures from her phone. And I'm like, damn, dude. You know, and I, my yeah, wife's like, that's... you can't side with him. I said, I'm not siding with him. He's wrong too. Because you know yeah. me, you know, being in the military, your boy gonna show you, like, hey, what I did to this girl the other night. Look what this girl, I got pictures of this girl doing this thing to me last the other night. You're like, dude, don't show me that. I don't need to see that kind of crap. Like, I don't want to see. Yeah, I don't want to see. You know, that's for you. I don't want to. Yeah, that's for you. Don't show. I don't want to see that crap. You got it for you. I don't want to see that, dude. I don't need to see that crap flying around. Because then now y'all end up getting married. Now I got that image. You know, like now I see her doing that crap. I seen her doing some things that I probably should never seen her doing. Now yeah. you're married, dude. Yeah, now yeah. barbecue, and I'm over here looking at her like, oh, all I see is that like, picture, you, you know, freak. like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, absolutely. You know, they're like, yeah, he's getting reduction of pay, reduction of uh, rank, and they're kicking him out. And I'm like, man, all because of some pictures. I said, oh, I no. said that sucks, dude. I said, like, I said, should he have been like, was it was it worth it? That's just how I see it. Like, right. was it really worth it? You know. Yeah, you so, know, that's the biggest thing. Was it worth it, dude, to show your buddy that you got a picture yeah. of, of your of your co-worker's breast or whatever, you know, you got yeah. a video of doing some doing some things or somebody or whatever? Was it worth it now? You know, it sucks, dude. Now now you're getting kicked out of the military. You'll probably get you other than an honorable discharge or something. Mm-hmm. All because you stole some pictures. You know, yeah. and you're like, now you're screwed. You know, now you're gonna have to yeah. wait a couple of years and fight it to hopefully get an honorable, maybe if they'll give you one. If you know or even a general. Them. Or even general, you know, and and then now you lost all your benefits. You've lost all your benefits mm-hmm. now, and you're just like, golly, like what do I, what do we do now? You know, yeah, and I, I don't know. That's not, that's what I talk about on my Wednesday episodes. I get a little political. I get a little. I, <laughs> I go everywhere, man. Wednesday episodes a little political, a little bit. What's going on in life? And then my Friday episodes, like I said, is to provide a purpose again. Provide a purpose. How so, do you, how do you get where you need to be again? You know, right. That, so that's let's the go biggest with, thing. Let's go with the uh, the transition. Let's go with coming out because we know that's the toughest part for vets um, is getting out. Some people have it good. Right. Some people have it bad. Mine was was not good. Uh, mine was very, <laughs> very hard, uh, very dark, very hard. And uh, so how was yours? For me, man, man like, sheesh. I've been blessed. The Lord has blessed me tremendously because I got out. Of, like I said, I got out in 09. That was during the one of the, the depression states that we were going through back in 2009. If you guys remember, 
housing market was crashing, all kinds of crap was going on, right? I got out. I had bought a house back home. I bought a house back home that my uh, wife's sister was living in. And we told her, I said, hey, you're going to have to move out. We're going to have to move in because that's the only house we have. We bought it. We got. We were blessed enough to be able to buy it outright. And I needed a place to live. I said, me, my wife, and my son, you know. And it was a small house. It wasn't nothing fancy, you know. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a job. I had the car and I had whatever money I had in my bank account that I had saved up, you know. And it ain't a lot. I mean, being 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 active duty, enlisted, we don't we aren't really trained on how to put back for savings. Mm-hmm. Majority of the time, this is probably the most money we've ever made in our entire life. And for us, it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's nine hundred dollars or it's nineteen hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? And so we don't ever save. We don't we don't know how to save. It's just not in our mentality. It's not in our mindset. You know, it's like I was I was talking with 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 Lee Day the other day, the other day and uh, Brandon. And I was talking to him. I was like, for for the enlisted, it's a, life in the military is a little bit different versus an officer. You know, an officer makes I mean, they make pretty good money. But a lot of them have gone to college and they've seen life before getting into the military. In the military, for the enlisted side, this is our job. This is what I do. And this is what I'm always going to do, right? For an officer, I said this is a job, but I need to get a. I need to start something. I need to start a business, or I need to start something. So when I get out, I have a business already. I have something I can go into. I can lean into before, before I transition. You know, and I've met a couple of officers. That's what they do. They have. They start a business while they're in. So when they retire, they that business is already going, and they're able to work their business while they're working active duty. But for us, I mean, it's it's hard transition. That's the biggest thing. Is it's hard for us veterans to transition from active duty. Like I said, I mean, while you're in, you're getting a paycheck on the first and fifteenth. You got medical. You got dental. You can go do it, and you can take care of your family if you if you if you do get married while you're in, and you have kids. I mean, you have those. Man, it's hard to leave and tell your wife, "I don't want to do this anymore. I need to find something else." And then you get out and you don't have a job. You ain't got no money. You got a thousand bucks in your savings account. And then you're trying to figure out where am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to put down first and last month's rent or whatever the case may be? And it's hard trying to figure that out. And like for me, I've been building my community with the Stone Vet. I've been I've been building my community to to bring people in or doing things. I have great people who have nonprofits that are doing great things in the veteran community with their nonprofit. I also have people like Brandon, like I said, coming out this Friday, he's a transition coach. He helps people transition out of the military. What is it you like doing? What do you want to do? What do you think, what do you think is going to drive you to bring in money? How are you going to make a living? Like, what is it? And he helps you find the resources you need to be able to start your business. If you want to start a small business or, you want to get a job working for whoever, you know, t- Toyota or working for the government. And he helps you write your resume so that it looks good for you to transition into those resources, you know, and he provides the resources for you. And that's what I love about my community. It's not a huge community. You know, so I got 100, 150 people in my group, but they all support each other, which is what we're supposed to be doing is supporting each other. You have a small business. I got... I got Michael Barton. He does MKB leathering. He does leather work. He makes wallets and all kinds of holsters and all kinds of cool leather things. He's another jarhead, and he's like, I just started Kickstarter. I got him. He's got a, He needs bigger equipment to be, do what he's doing right now. And he's asked. He 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 he's in my group, and I, I was like, you're part of my group. 
let me make a post so people know, hey, because I don't know anybody that likes leather work, but my community may know people who like leather work that needs a lot of leather work done. Let me spend, let me try to hook you up with somebody that could that could use your services. You know, I got Callie, who's another jarhead. She works, she she owns Oakwood Place. She makes awesome freaking plaques, dude. Like these things are like shadow boxes. It's your rank in a shadow box. Coolest nice. things ever. Yeah, it's cool. She's got over ten thousand followers, dude. She's got over ten thousand followers now. I've been watching. I've been with her from the beginning. I've had her come on the show a couple of weeks ago, and she's doing amazing things. But she started her own small business, you know. And that's the that's the biggest thing. I'm trying to teach my son now: start your own business, dude. Because being a veteran, dude, we hate working for somebody. We hate it. We hate having to clock in and clock out every day. We hate it. We don't like taking orders from somebody else, you know. Me personally, I, I work. I work for the Air Force, and I work with a bunch of Air Force veterans right now. And I, I look at these guys, and I'm like, this sucks, dude, because I've been doing this job longer than you, and I know how it functions at my level. But they're not gonna promote me because why? I don't know. I have my degree. I have everything required, and I'm the only one in this whole office that knows how to function every every job in here. But they don't want to promote me. I've maxed out of where I'm at, and I was like, "This, I wow. got. I've, it's time. Time has come. You know what I'm saying? And it sucks clocking in and out for somebody else. And then whenever you're clocking in and out for somebody else, you have to look at it. You're making them rich for your work. Why can't you yep. put your work into something to make you rich? You know. And so, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, and that's the biggest thing. Transitioning is hard. It was. I mean, for me. I went six months without work and then I applied, I applied working for the gut for the air force and they, they picked me up, you know what I'm saying? They picked me up six months after I got out of the Marine Corps, which wasn't bad. And that was during the time when Bush was doing a huge veteran hire for the government type thing, you know? And so, and for me, like I said, it was hard, but I I had a little bit of money and savings that I was able to live off of for six months. And then like, like I said, whenever you get out, you guys don't realize you can get your unemployment, you get unemployment, like you can go collect an unemployment check. And during that time, you need to be working on your disability, your disability to get your disability rating up, you know, depending on what you did while you're on active duty service, you know, yeah. because you've earned this is something I've been trying to preach my dad. My, my dad's a retired sergeant first class as well. He was a reservist and he retired and I helped him. He was able to get up to 60 percent. He's like, I don't want to play no more. I'm like, but you've earned this. Like, don't you want yeah. more money? Like, I mean, that, that's the hardest thing is finding what is it that you want to do? Did you know that your GI Bill, you get up to, you get E5 pay with BAH when you go to school. And you don't have to go to college. You can go to a trade school. You can go to a trade school, pick up a trade, where you can go and do some other training. There's other schooling out there that the GI Bill will pay for. and get. Mm-hmm. You're going to get paid while you're going to class, while you sit in class. So if you're, at a, if you're at a moment in your life and you don't have a job yet, you're like, man, I need money. I need to make a little bit of extra money. Go to school. You don't have to get yeah. a college degree. Get you a degree in something. You in graphic design, you like doing graphic design, get a degree in graphic design. You want to build computers, get a degree in building computers. Like you can go to trade school and use your GI Bill and still get paid while you're in school getting your certificates that you need so you, you can get a job. You can get a job that you love, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing is just providing resources for our brothers and sisters because that's the biggest thing when you transition out. Those resources aren't there. They give you a week, right? They give you about a week whenever you're on your last last year in. You get about mm-hmm. a week and they say, okay, you can go to class for a week to help you transition out of the military. And then you go and it's almost like, oh, it's a week vacation because 
yeah, these classes are going to give you some resources. They're going to give you a couple of websites and say, hey, you can go look at this, you can go look at that. But I mean, like I said, you ain't got somebody telling you to go look at this, to go look at that. Yeah. You, a lot of us on the Alyssa side, if, if we ain't got somebody pushing us, we're not going to do it, you know? And and that's the hardest part is for people who transition out. It's just finding your purpose, finding the purpose again. Why are we, what am I supposed to do? Sergeant G ain't here telling me know what to do anymore. Eric, Eric, Sergeant First Class Castillo ain't telling me what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing now. Like, where do I go to work? How do I find a job? How do I transition the stuff I've done in the military? How do I transition that onto a resume to get the resources that, to get a job? Doing, I'm a leader. You know what I'm saying? I said I was an E5. I, I got out as an E5 sergeant. And hell, in the Marine Corps, that's the backbone of the whole freaking Marine Corps. Without that sergeant, he ain't able to do anything else. Like he has to go and derelict duties to the lower, to the lower Marines and say, hey, this is what we got to do today. This is where we're at. This is what we got to do, you know? And that's that's like the backbone you know what i'm saying you got your staff ncos they derelict duty down and you got your your, your all your your a junior enlisted that are below you that you have to derelict the duty to and so you're in the middle you're right smack in the middle like damn dude like i'm getting it from both ends neither one of them want to give me anything you know what i'm saying <laughs> and that, that's the biggest that's the biggest transition that we i mean that's hard that's the hard part man it's transitioning what is my purpose now that i don't have anybody telling me what to do anymore where do i find that push of what I want to do. Do I want to make music? I got somebody. I know somebody that's making music. You want to be a director, producer? I know somebody that's doing it right now. He's a, he's a, He was active duty army. You know, you want to start a nonprofit? I got a perfect guy, Travis Johnson. He'd be able to tell you how to start up a nonprofit. And he has everything ready for you to start a nonprofit if you want to go that route. You know, and j- there's so many resources. And that's why I'm proud of my, that's why I'm proud of my community because everybody is there. Everybody helps everybody. We are supposed to support each other. Because like I said, you're you you're up in Washington, I'm in Oklahoma, but we don't have our brothers to our left and our right like we did when we were active duty. We ain't got them there to support us, to push us, to heckle us a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Give us a hard yeah. time. And we miss it. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the biggest things is missing the camaraderie that we once had and finding your group. Finding your community, growing your community. Like I said, over at the Stone Vet USMC, I'm growing my community. I have great people on my show. I got great people that are coming on the show. I've had great people on my show. I mean, I had, like I said, I had Travis Johnson. He's number 11 for top 25 veteran-owned podcast. I had like two episodes in, and he came on my show. I had Richard Kaufman, number eight, all-time veteran podcast. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, dang, I had like two people at the time when he came on my show. I'm like, so I've had great opportunities. I've had great people on my show, and I, I'm continuing mm-hmm. bringing on great people. The whole purpose of my show is to show my community, show my brothers and sisters, hey, these guys are doing it. Is this something you want to get in? I have all their contact information. You can reach out to them and say, hey, I want to do what you're doing. How do I go about doing what you're doing? How do I go about starting this T-shirt business? How do I go about starting this? How do I go about starting a, a, a stereo install business? I've got people that can help you get your business started and off the ground. You know, if that's the way you want to go or if you want to go to work for somebody. I've got somebody that can help you write resumes to get your resume looking good to get hired on somewhere. And that's the biggest thing is just providing the resources for our brothers and sisters. We have we have to do it. No, nobody else is providing them resources. We 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 as podcast people having our own podcast, making sure that the right information is getting out to them. So they can be like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go with it, you know. And that's the biggest thing is when when transitioning out, finding your purpose again. 
Yeah, no, that's that's good, man. I was just uh, looking at something here on the on the thing here, uh, and I think I think all that stuff is like perfect to to wrap up and close um, this here with just you like this is this here is perfect uh, right here uh, uh, a resource basically a resource that can spiderweb you off into whatever you need to to do. You have a lot of different opportunities and resources for vets to get into, and and it's diverse. It, it, it's there if it's if you if you name it it's probably there and if Absolutely. it's not there i'm sure that you can find it and that and that's typically what being uh in the military when you become a a good resourceful non-commissioned officer is, is if you don't have the resource you will find it Absolutely. you know and then that, that that's how you can tell the type of leader and character of someone is to hey okay you know what i don't know where it is but i'm gonna find it i'll be right back you know and you, no, you find it and that's and that's what this that's what this whole thing is about here. And it's just uh this one this podcast today is just for knowing who your resources are, knowing who your people are. So if you want to get in contact with with Juan over here, he's got his uh Stone Vet group for veterans. You could join it. Um and I said I joined it. He's got a couple of questions on there that he asked before he joined his group. Very legit, straightforward questions. Um and he just wants to know if you're not a vet, how are you gonna help the vet community, which is the main reason why I do this podcast, you know, it's like it's veterans only. And if they're not a veteran, they got to impact the veteran community in some way. Like how last week I had Dr. Bradley Nelson, who wrote the book on the emotion code. He was my first non-veteran. But you know what? It was a great, informative podcast. And that's what it's about. And it's about how what he does to help service members. And that's that's what we're trying to do is just as a community, just get everybody together and just help each other out because we don't have that stuff like how we did in active duty, like how you no, mentioned absolutely. earlier. So. Absolutely. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's providing resources for everybody out there, man. You know, like I said, my wife started Rafa 180. I mean, when you go over to Rafa180.com, man, she, like I said, it's breaking the stigma. She deals with medicinal grade CBD. If you if you ever consider using CBD, because I mean, at one point there was a rush and people were like, nah, CBD don't work. That don't, It's just garbage. It don't work. It works. If you know what you're using, get over to Rafa180.com and figure out. When you can combine CBD and THC together, it's like euphoric. I mean, when you find the perfect balance of the two, it's a perfect, it's perfect, man. And it's like I said, man, get over there, sign up, subscribe over here to freaking Warrior Mindset, man. Help support him grow his channel. Get help. Like I said, without you guys' yeah. support, our shows don't go anywhere. It's you guys yeah. that are coming in and hitting that subscribe button and sharing the information with somebody you may know that it could benefit. The same way with the Stone yeah. Vet USMC, man. Like I said, everybody wants to know how to reach me. If you hashtag the Stone Vet USMC, you're going to find me. Go to Google, hashtag the Stone Vet USMC. You're going to find everything. I tag everything with that with that hashtag, dude. You'll find my Facebook pages. You'll find my, my group. You'll find my, my YouTube channel. Everything is there, you know? And like I said, I didn't even know you could do that. Thanks to Richard Kaufman over at Know Your Why. He is, like I said, he, he's teaching me good things. And like I said, you have to build your community. You have to make sure that your brothers and your sisters are there to your left and your right. And the resources are there for you. That's the whole purpose. You're not alone. We're always here yeah. with you. We're always here to take care of you. If you ever need anything, you can reach out to us. And that's the is our community. Because like I said, while we're doing this show, one of our brothers and sisters decided to live that they had enough. And we're trying to eliminate that number of 22 every day. And during COVID, yeah. I'm sure the number's gone up even higher. And it is sad oh, yeah. to see that our brother said, no, our brothers and sisters said, I don't want to do it anymore. And they went off with it. They went off and they took their own life. And it, 
I, I, I'm trying to reduce the number. That's my whole goal is to reduce the number. If I can save one soul, I'm doing my job. You know, yep, that's, that's about the thing it. Here. I appreciate it, show. I appreciate you allowing me to come on your show and crash it a little bit, get a little mm-hmm. bit of crayon jargon going on in here. And yeah. Just being able to hang out, man. This is my therapy. It's like I tell people, my show is my therapy. I'm able to hang out with the brother and hang out and just shoot the crap for a little bit and just remember what it was like when we when we served on active duty. It's about yep. having that camaraderie again and building that camaraderie. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you in my community and allowing our community to grow together. And like I said, reducing that 22 a day that we continue losing every day. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I'm always looking for people. Everyone who I come on has been great, whether, you know, whether they're uh, known on a larger scale or not. I've had a flux of highly known, not so known, but that's okay because everyone has a story. Everyone has a story to tell on how they got to where they are. What's, obstacles got thrown in their way and how they overcame them because they're still here they're still here doing the best they can and they're still driving and pushing forward they're still moving forward so that's why i try to bring bets on i scout people i look for people um that was my fiance's idea she's like scout for people and look what they're doing see what direction they're going and then pull them on so that's what i've been doing you know like I look and I look and I scout. Not saying that anyone's not more important than no one else. I just look at the direction and see maybe, you know, even if someone doesn't really have one, that's okay. They can come on my show and we'll give them one together. And I'm not just right. saying me because it's not just me. It's it's we as in us, the viewers, the person on the show, you know, people watching. It's just we will get that person at least spark something in their head. And if we can do that, dang it, the rest is on them, you know. That's it. Right. Like, like we say in the army, purpose, direction, and motivation. That that's the whole point of this. You know? Absolutely. That, 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 Finding that's your all purpose. we do. Absolutely, yep. sir. So I appreciate you for coming on, man. Uh thank you everybody for tuning in today on the on the WM2 podcast. So stay tuned for next week. I'll have another special guest for you. And then uh go ahead and follow the Stone Vet USMC if you're a veteran. Go to his Facebook page, subscribe to his YouTube, subscribe to all my YouTubes and Facebooks and everything like that. And then we'll see everybody next week. Absolutely, guys.